Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Time for Puck Drop. It is opening night in the NHL. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 2nd. But first, sports. Good Wednesday morning to you, my friends. We have officially arrived at the start of a brand new hockey season. Four games kick off the 2019-2020 season this evening with the Maple Leafs opening the season against the Ottawa Senators, the reigning champion Blues hosting the Washington Capitals, the Vancouver Canucks on the road in Edmonton to face the Oilers, and the nightcap of the San Jose Sharks visiting the Vegas Golden Knights. As we saw in the last two seasons and Well, as we see really in hockey pretty much all the time now, the league is as wide open as it has ever been in terms of how many teams can lay claim to being a Stanley Cup contender. The St. Louis Blues pretty much proved it last year that being the best at the beginning of the year or really even being the best halfway through the year doesn't matter a lot once the stakes get raised. But you have to punch your ticket to the playoffs first. In the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Division looks poised to be as dangerous as ever. There's no reason to believe Tampa Bay will be anything less than an absolute mega power once again. And the Maple Leafs and the Bruins figure to factor in near the top of the division as well. Not even mentioning the Canadiens and the Panthers, who figure to be tough competition. Well, nobody, let's be honest, really expects all that much from the Sens or the Red Wings. And probably the Sabres too. Sorry, Sabres fans, but I don't know. The Metro. In the East as well, features two teams that made the most noise this offseason, the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. They have the high draft picks. They added big players like P.K. Subban and Artemi Panarin. There's another year of the Penguins and Capitals rivalry. There's the bunch of jerk hurricanes. Last year's surprise team, the Islanders, plus the Flyers. You could tell me just about any number of those teams ended up qualifying for the playoffs, and I would see your argument for it. You see similar stuff in the West where the Avalanche powered their way into turning heads into the playoffs last year, and the defending champion Blues are there, and the Dallas Stars, and the Nashville Predators, and the Winnipeg Jets. They all assume they'll have something to say about who gets the spots in the Central. It continues. The parody continues in the Pacific, where the Flames were last season's division winners. But they're fighting off a really talented Vegas team, along with the always dangerous Sharks. This division is a little top-heavy. Sorry, Canucks fans. Just not yet. But don't forget, we get to watch Phil Kessel on the Arizona Coyotes this year. And that's going to be great. And it's always great to watch Connor McDavid, regardless who who may be on his wing, because that's not looking pretty off the top. All told, my point here is there's a case to be made for a lot of teams to talk themselves into being part of the playoffs once the dust settles 82 games from now. And with all those teams... And all those storylines and all that information to sift through as we stand on the doorstep of the season, there are few better people to have with me to sort through this information than this morning's guest, 
Dmitry Filipovich. Dmitry is the host of one of the biggest hockey podcasts to ever exist, the Hockey PDO Cast, which is, by the way, part of the Yahoo Sports Canada podcast network. Dim, you just wrapped up your league-wide watchability rankings for another year. It's a huge full podcast that you do on the Hockey PDO Cast with Justin Cuthbert. He was the guest. And before we get into that, and before we talk about who's on top of your list, I have to ask you, you've been doing these rankings for years now. Is the league in general getting more watchable or less watchable as a whole? So much more watchable. Even the worst teams like the Senators have Brady Kachuk, Thomas Shabbat. Like each team has at least a couple guys that they're not appointment viewing, but there's a reason to watch. There used to be dark days where there'd be teams where you're just like, oh my God, there's nothing here. At least now every team has at least a couple guys. So lay it on me. Um, don't give me the whole thing, obviously, because it's a these podcasts are very long and this right. one is very short. What do you have? Who are your top watchability teams? So it was between the Leafs and the Lightning. I basically flipped a coin. Uh, my good buddy Justin Cuthbert, who did it with me, um, has the Leafs because he's a homer who That's lives here job. and covers the team. <laughs> I think it's the Lightning ever so slightly ahead of them just because there's a few more weapons, but you could certainly make the argument for the Leafs. So I think they're one, two, no matter what. Vegas, third. And that's kind of uh, my spoiler for now. Yes. And on the bottom, I, yeah. I feel like Senators feels like a layup there. They are. I actually considered having them a bit higher because they're so bad defensively that they play like <laughs> seven to six games like they yeah, la- yeah. did last year against. Uh, I think it was actually an eight, seven game against the Blackhawks. But I think it's the Kings. There's nothing more depressing than a team filled with aging stars who are just playing inconsequential games. And the Kings are filled with them. So I have them as 31. So it's tough, obviously, to take a, a, that big a picture view of the league yep. at the moment. But there are teams every year, I think there are teams that come in a little undervalued, a little <laughs> overlooked, that end up being sneaky good. We, we've seen it the last couple of years. I, I think the Islanders were a great example of that last year. Is there a team you see right now that's sort of being overlooked and, and you would categorize as sneaky good? I like the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know that's like kind of a hot take. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs necessarily, but after they lost Panarin and Duchesne and Bobrovsky this summer, it feels like everyone just moved on to all the other teams and kind of buried them. And I think they're feisty. They have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of depth. I think they're going to be much better than people expect. Okay. Flip to that. Is there a sneaky bad team, a team that is getting all the hype and all the value and is being maybe written in somewhere that a fall is coming? I think of I think of Pittsburgh time feels like it might be... Well, it's tough because people that are paying attention are aware of this, so it might not be as sneaky as you might be hoping for. But I think Winnipeg, I think people that are just checking in now after not really paying attention this summer probably are expecting them to be a playoff team again, compete for the Central Division. I mean, they made the Western Conference Final just two years ago and had this like young nucleus of recognizable names, but they lost so much blue line talent that I think it's going to be tough to overcome that. Okay, looking at divisions now. Uh, I think I think I can almost guess this because you had Tampa and Toronto at the top. Right. What would you say is the toughest division in hockey right now? I mean, the toughest is the Atlantic because of the top three teams. I think they you make an argument they're like three of the best five teams in the entire league. I'd say the Central, just based on its depth, where all seven teams could conceivably have somewhere around 90 points, um, is probably the best just from top to bottom. But the Atlantic is the most top-heavy. And on the opposite, lightest division, I feel like this might be the Metro or the Pacific. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Pacific. I mean, I think Vegas is going to be really good. I think San Jose is going to be really good. But with the Canucks, with Arizona, with the two California teams there in Anaheim and L.A., um, they're going to be really bad. So I think there's going to be a lot of free points there for some of the top West teams. I think it, it, we're looking at a very competitive year. We're looking at a lot of parity in the league. There's not as many bad teams as there used to be. You said the watchability is on the rise. Yep. How many teams can you say right now that you are confident in locking into playoff spots? 
not nearly as many as I should, considering it's my job to analyze this sort of stuff. <laughs> I'd say there's like probably um, 10 teams, maybe up to 12. And then beyond that, especially in the Metro, because I feel like any combination of like six teams could conceivably win the wild card, or win the two wild card slots. So I think uh, I'd go with like, let's cut it down the middle. Let's say 11. And then I think there's five that are really up for grabs. What do you see as sort of the emerging story? Like, obviously, these, these things are hard to are hard to guess ahead of time. But what do you see as like the overarching sort of story of the season coming in that you expect to be watching to play out over the course of the year? I'll give you three, and I'll bang through them really quickly. One, the New York teams with the shiny new toys. So the Rangers and the Devils, they made huge splashes this summer, got a bunch of talent. I don't know if it's going to translate to immediate on-ice success, but they're going to be way more fun to watch, and that's good for the league. Number two, the kind of the trendy sleep, not sleeper teams, but Carolina and Colorado who really exploded onto the scene last year and made it far in the playoffs. Let's see if they can take the next step and be Stanley Cup contenders. And then I'm going to say the Lightning because they won 62 games last year in the play in the regular season, zero games in the playoffs, how they're going to approach this regular season, whether they're going to just go full throttle again, or whether they're going to try to sort of dial it back a bit. It seems weird to say, but it's so NHL that a team could try to be worse to <laughs> yeah. improve their long-term outlook. But 100%. it feels like Tampa might do that. It is a Toronto podcast. And I would be remiss if I let you leave here without talking about the Maple Leafs, at least a little bit, mm-hmm. at least a little bit, a lot of concerns. And you're a smart guy. And I've had this, thing in my head the whole time about yes they paid a lot for Mitch Marner probably overpaid for Mitch Marner but they're getting the term and they're getting the security that three years down the line they're not renegotiating a crazy contract with the guy who could maybe have exploded into a new market right do you think that is holding them back from anything or is it they're filled out as well as they were going to fill out no matter how much he made I don't want to sound like an apologist for Kyle Dubas because I think he's a great GM and he listens to my podcast and sometimes messages me about it but (laughs) he didn't really have much choice here or leverage it's all about leverage in business the Leafs couldn't afford another William Nylander situation where Mitch Marner is not playing in November and December and people are wondering what's going to happen and then he comes in and he struggles. This is their window to win a cup. I mean, they're heading into the season as one of the three or four teams most likely to win it. They had to put this deal together. It's not great value. The past couple contracts that have come out for comparable RFAs make it look worse by with each passing day, but it's just the price of doing business. And I think this Leafs team's better now than they were last year, which is scary and we'll still see they might lose in round one again but that's kind of the nature of the beast in the nhl i think there's a lot to look forward to with this team obviously it ended with a disappointing finish but i think that finish is clouding how close they truly were last year right had they gotten past boston i've been toying around with having them as the first team in atlantic division ahead of tampa bay just because i think after how the past two years have played out they have such a driving motivating factor to stay away from the Bruins in round one, (laughs) whereas the Lightning are kind of going in the opposite direction, don't really care about the regular season. And I think that's a storyline to watch how those two teams approach it. It's been, the defense has obviously been what everybody worries about. But I'm okay with it. I think it's a lot better. I mean, listen, they got rid of their two worst guys in Hainsey and Zaitsev. They add Rasmus Sandin. They add Tyson Berry. Let's go. Just a few more things for you this Wednesday morning. October baseball. There really there really is nothing like it. I have to confess, I'm one of the people that loves MLB wildcard games. I just love the idea, the the one-off game that basically decides whether the, whether a season is a success or a failure. It just flies so directly in the face of everything that a major league baseball season is supposed to accomplish that like that contradiction alone creates a lot of the time, 
some crazy wildcard games where truly incredible moments happen. And last night was no different, my friends. The Washington Nationals, who have only ever known heartbreak in baseball postseasons, really never won anything. They trailed from the second batter of the game all the way through to the bottom of the eighth, down 3-1, bases loaded, two out, a 20-year-old Juan Soto in his first ever playoff game. Singles into right field, and the Brewers rookie right fielder Trent Grisham has it roll right past him. Maybe he's thinking too hard about a throw home, or he just is offline, takes a bad route or something, but it gets past him. The base is clear. The Nationals take a lead. Blue Jays legend Daniel Hudson shuts the door, and the Nationals exercise the first of their postseason demons, and they head to Los Angeles on Thursday to take on the Dodgers. In the other wild card game, that, the American League one, begins tonight. The Oakland Athletics hosts the Tampa Bay Rays. That starts at 8 p.m. Eastern this evening. Speaking of baseball, and to go from what I just said, which is one of the most exciting things I can think of in baseball, to the exact opposite of that. Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins had their season-ending goodbye with the media yesterday. It was a lot of quotes about financial flexibility and modest spending and just really playing the greatest hits about things that those guys say about baseball teams. Uh, really, if you look at the numbers, they're only committed to about $30 million in payroll for this coming season. Some arbitration cases in there. It probably brings you to about $50 million. And that is quite far below the lowest in the league. So there's some room for them to make up with some short-term commitments. Uh, pitching seems like the best place to spend that money to anybody who looks at the roster at all. I think they agree. Uh, we shall see how big of commitments those end up being. And as I said, to start the episode, opening night in the NHL, there are a few little NHL notes to know before the season starts. Brock Besser cleared from his concussion. He will play for the Canucks. Brian Little of the Jets is going to miss the start of the season because of his concussion. And Evander Kane is serving a three-game suspension to start the year for an altercation he had with an official in his last preseason game. The Maple Leafs and Senators get the NHL season underway tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Leaf sends a brand new NHL season. We expect the Maple Leafs to have a captain, and I will talk to you about that tomorrow. Until then, get out there and enjoy your opening night Wednesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 